Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Glad to have you listening to the show today. We always appreciate that. And we also appreciate our guest who's going to be joining us shortly, Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros. Always a great time having him on. Before we bring him in, though, let's take a look at my top trade targets this week as we kick things up a notch with our friends at Frank's Red Hot. Let's Frank it up. And the first name on my list heading into week seven, Christian Watson on the Packers. Since he returned from injury, he scored a touchdown on limited snaps in week four. He totaled 91 yards in week five. Now he's coming off the Packers bye, and he gets some really favorable matchups, including the Broncos, Vikings, Steelers, and Chargers over the next five weeks. He's going to be a strong wide receiver too during that stretch, and he's the kind of upside play that you want in your lineup every single week. So send an offer out for him today. The next player I'm trying to acquire this week is Jerome Ford on the Browns. When he took over, when Nick Chubb got hurt, we knew Ford was going to have a really tough schedule in the first month, and yet he still found a way to produce. He had two touchdowns against the Titans, he had five catches against the Ravens, and he had 91 yards on a season-high 19 touches versus the 49ers last week. Now, Kareem Hunt did get more involved in that game, but Ford still outsnapped and outtouched him by a wide margin. More importantly, Ford has looked good since Chubb was lost for the season, and moving forward, he has got one of the easiest schedules for fantasy running backs, so capitalize on all that chatter about Hunt getting more work and make a deal and get Ford on your team. And then the last player that I want to highlight, Tajay Spears on the Titans. If you listen to the show, you know how I feel about him already. He was a strong prospect coming out. He has just excelled on limited touches in that Titans offense over the first six weeks. Now the Titans season just hangs in the balance here. You have Ryan Tannehill, their starting quarterback hurt. There's rumors that the team could trade away their longtime star, Derrick Henry. And if that happens, or if Henry misses time at any point, Spears would be a league winner in fantasy. So he might be on the waiver wire still in most competitive leagues. He's already rostered. And if he is, time is running out to make a trade for him. So get on it. And I always say this, but if you're wondering which players you could send out in these trade offers, just go take a look at my trade value charts on the score. That's going to give you an idea of which pieces might be able to get a deal done and then get some offers out there and take your roster and frank it up. Just like our friends at Frank's Red Hot. All right, let's get our guest in here. And if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, we've been doing it for like six years now. There's been a few OGs that have been around since the start. And one of them is definitely Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros. You can find all his content over there now. You should already be following him on Twitter, X at Fitz underscore FF. Pat, welcome back to the show, buddy. How you doing, man? How's the season going for you so far? Oh, doing well, Justin. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, you you called me an OG, but I feel like we are, um, I, I just feel like we are two of the bigger rankings nerds there are <laughs> out there. And I, there's nothing I enjoy more than like coming on and, and like getting into the weeds with you with rankings talk. Because you are like, you know, one of the people I most respect doing rankings when I would look at where I had ranked someone for a week. And if I was like six or seven spots apart from you and John Paulson and uh, maybe some other guys like Jeff Radcliffe, a few others, I'm, I'm, you know, not thinking of top of head, but, um, like that would always give me a moment of panic. Like what, <laughs> what am I not thinking of here? Here, Like I, I would go in and reassess and, you know, sometimes I'd stick to my guns. Like I, I really think I've, got the right call here and other times i'd be like yeah these guys are probably right this guy's probably not in for the sort of usage i'm i'm seeing um but yeah man so ton of respect for you and your work justin always great to come in and talk rankings with you 
Well, and you know the the feeling is mutual. We were battling for years there. I've since retired from the Fantasy Pros Accuracy Contest. I have people messaging me this week, Pat, give me a hard time while I'm not still in it. They want me back in there. I know you've actually given me a bit of a hard time in past years. You want to go up against me again. Maybe it'll happen at some point, but uh, those were very fun days. And yeah, I think we all make each other better, right? Like I've always said to everyone, I don't think you should find one person, one analyst whose rankings you follow. I think you should follow a lot of different people, see how everyone is approaching things, look at all their content, and then kind of come up with your own way of going about things for fantasy. I think that's the best way to do it. I don't want people who are following me just to blindly set their lineups off my rankings. I don't think that's the most fun approach. Agreed. Pick a few favorite rankers and, uh, you know, try to get a consensus there. But um and yeah, Justin, anytime you want back in the uh, rankings contest, man, would love to have you. You know, the, the competition would be stiffer. That probably means I move another spot down in wherever I finish in a given <laughs> year. But like you said, uh, you know, the, the competition is uh, iron sharpens iron. So, I, do get, uh, I do get the itch sometimes. I shouldn't admit that, but I do get the <laughs> itch sometimes. But anyway, we should move on here because if we keep going, you're going to talk me into it and I'll be back in there next year. But uh, there's a lot of places we could begin this week. It's been a crazy one. We had all the injuries on the weekend, right? And we had Kyler Murray returning to practice today. He should be back soon, right? We'll talk about him a bit later. We probably do have to start with what I think is the most confusing fantasy situation right now. And this is the one we're talking about rankings. This is the one I'm having such a hard time sorting through the Rams backfield. And I'll recap it for everyone one more time here. Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers, they both got hurt on Sunday. It seems like both guys are going to be out until after LA's week 10 bye. And this has been a really productive offense and a really productive backfield for fantasy. So you want to be chasing it. And initially we thought, okay, sixth round rookie of Zach Evans seemed like he was the obvious candidate to get more touches. He probably still is, but the Rams went on this shopping spree this week. They signed their old pal, Daryl Henderson to the practice squad. They added Miles Gaskin to the roster. They also have another veteran in Royce Freeman there. I think if they really liked Royce, they probably wouldn't be out grabbing all these other veteran backs, but I'll let you comment on that. Regardless here, you get the fun job of trying to break this all down first for us, Pat, before I say anything. So how are you approaching this new look Rams backfield this week and what we expect to be the backfield for at least a few weeks here with those other guys out? Yeah, in my initial rankings, I was optimistically ranking Zach Evans as a high end uh, running back three, and I'm reassessing and, and moving him down. Like I've always had a little bit of concern that it might be more Royce Freeman um, at least on passing downs. Like I, I know Royce Freeman has never been anyone's idea of a, a lead running back, but he did have 43 <laughs> catches in, in 2019, his second year with the Broncos. Um, and now Henderson comes in, Gaskin comes in. I, I just worry that this could be kind of a messy committee. Yeah, we might have seen the, the blueprint for this last week too when we were trying to figure out what was going to happen in that Cardinals backfield and then it ends up kind of being this mismatch, mishmash of like a bunch of different players all coming together there and contributing and we might see that here. I know the Rams have often just gone with that one guy, that one lead back and I think if that happens, then Evans will probably get the first shot but this could go so many different directions. It's, it's really tough and kind of like you, I'm bumping Evans down, even in my waiver wire article, you know, from the, the first version where I think he was the second running back pickup for me on the week. And then he fell down to third and I was bumping down the, 
the bid for him and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be a tough one, and we might just have to wait and see what happens here. I wouldn't really be trusting him in my lineup, but like you said, and with all these bye weeks, with all these injuries, some people might have no choice. It's always nice to see these rookie backs get more opportunity. Like I love to see the rookie backs getting their shot. I'd rather it was merit-based rather than seeing injuries kind of open up the path for them, but it's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. I do have a couple other rookie backs that I want to ask you about who are potentially going to get increased roles due to injuries this week. And Jameer Gibbs on the Lions is the first one, and we don't know for sure that he's going to be available for week seven. Dan Campbell seemed to express some optimism that Gibbs would be back after he had that late week hamstring injury in practice that kept him out on Sunday. And they need him now, right? Because David Montgomery is going to be sidelined for a few weeks here. They also have Craig Reynolds, who would be the guy who would start if Gibbs can't go this week. And he probably will get more work even if Gibbs is available because the rookie's coming off a soft tissue injury. I have a hard time believing they're going to throw him back out there and give him just a massive workload. But the last time Montgomery was hurt, that is what we saw happen. So with all the the spinning plates up in the air here, Pat, where are you ranking Gibbs this week? And then I guess... What are you doing with Reynolds, too, since it all ties together? Yeah, I would. Uh, this is probably wildly optimistic, Justin, but I've got uh, Jameer Gibbs at running back 15, uh, just behind James Cook and just ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Hopefully he is a guy who is going to be able to make a lot of hay on not a lot of touches because of his usage in the passing game and because of his big playability. But um, like RB15 does sound wildly optimistic, but one of the first things I noticed after I was done with my first pass at rankings this week, which was like late on Monday night, I was just aghast at what the running back two group looked like. Absolutely. I mean, it's just you get past the first 12 and it is it is really kind of icky this week. Just So um, RB15 doesn't mean a lot. And if there's any talk of like a pitch count or less than full confidence in his health, um, any sort of hints. Cause generally, I mean, I think Dan Campbell is a little Campbell is a little more forthright with the media than a lot of coaches are. So um, I might be, you know, he's going to move down before he moves up. Um, but like, I, I think if Gibbs plays and you have him on your roster, you're probably playing him in a six team bye week. Same thing with, um, Reynolds, who I think I've got in as a high end running back three right around. I don't have my rankings in front of me, but I want to say he's at like 29 or, or 30. So, um, and, and boy, maybe he does get David Montgomery type usage, not an ideal matchup, uh, going into Baltimore, but like if he gets, 20 carries. I mean, there's obviously a lot of value to that. Yeah. And I think we're hesitant because like I said, the last time that this happened when Montgomery was out, I sort of projected that Reynolds would have a role. He didn't really have much of one. Now, Zonovan Knight was healthy at that point and those two kind of split the secondary role. Um, Now Zonovan Knight is obviously out. So Reynolds is the clear number two if Gibbs is active. I have Gibbs at RB20, so not far off. And I also have Reynolds like you in sort of the high end RB3 range as the RB30. Um, And it does have a lot to do with, and you talked about it, 
the other running backs in that range. Not just all the injury situations, but some of the matchups for those guys are really tough too. So it's hard to have them too high in the rankings this week. It's just a nightmare of a week. We're just trying to survive this one, folks. Get through the the six bye weeks and we'll move forward. Hopefully you can get a win. Don't be surprised if there's some very low scores this week. And there were some pretty low scores last week too. So might be a, a second week in a row like that. Uh, the other rookie back that I wanted to ask you about is Roshan Johnson on the Bears. And it's kind of the same thing with him. He missed last week. He had a concussion right now, which is Wednesday afternoon. He hasn't been cleared from the concussion protocol yet. There's still lots of time to get that done, but you would have liked to have seen him back in the practice field today. The Bears also have a veteran in Deonta Foreman who got the start last week. And that's because Khalil Herbert's out. I believe it's four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. So Assuming that Roshan does get cleared this week, I'm curious with him where you have him ranked. I know you said you don't have your rankings in front of you, but sort of the the general area. And if you want to touch on the alternative too, if he's out, you can talk about that and uh, you know where you would have that backfield in that scenario. The floor is just kind of yours here, Pat. You can talk about the the Bears backfield, which hasn't been the most fruitful for fantasy this year, but opportunity is opportunity. Yeah, and you figure they might try to be a little more run-heavy if Tyson Bajan is their uh, quarterback this week, Justin. So I've got Roshan at running back 23, and I think I've got Foreman at like 28 or 29 or whatever. And maybe I uh, like recalibrate that if Roshan continues to be hung up in concussion protocol. It's a little concerning that, you know, after he didn't get back last week that he's still not ready to go. But um, assuming he does play... I, I think he's going to get a little more work than Foreman just based on the fact that, you know, Foreman was a healthy scratch early in the season and had clearly been leapfrogged by Roshan on the depth chart. So um, optimistic that he can come back and and, uh, be an RB2 for us with a little bit of run catch versatility. Um, And, you know, I I like the skill set a lot. I, I just hope that he can finally get cleared. You talked about the quarterback situation for Chicago. How concerned are you about that offense as a whole with fields out? You talked about the running backs. Obviously, I'm kind of turning it now more towards the pass catchers. How much are you downgrading guys like DJ Moore and even Cole Komet with Tyson Bajan starting? Very concerned. Um, I've, I've got DJ Moore at wide receiver 21 and Cole Komet at tight end 16. And, um, and that's in a 16 bye week. Yeah. So, um, like it would be one of those things where, yeah, I, I don't think you're probably benching DJ Moore under any circumstances. Uh, commit's a different story. Like I'd, I'd be looking for other options there, I think. Cause I, I would be worried. I like, I don't know. I mean, I'd set the yardage total for Tyson Bajan at probably like one seventy. like, I, yeah, yeah. I would not, I would not be very enthusiastic about starting a bears pass catcher this week. What about the Raiders? Because they're kind of in a similar spot as the Bears. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who might be out this week with the back injury. I know he's not practicing today. Hopefully he can get right before Sunday. But when you have a guy leave with a back injury and then go to the hospital to get checked out for internal injuries, it's a little bit concerning. And you kind of figure that he might miss at least a game. But if he can't go... It might be the rookie Aiden O'Connell getting the start. I know they turned to Brian Hoyer just to ice the game last week when Jimmy G left, but the last time that Garoppolo was out, they went with O'Connell. They got him prepared during the week and he got the start. Either way, what's your level of concern here for the Raiders offense if Jimmy G can't go? Because there's a lot of fantasy assets in Vegas, right? So how much would you be downgrading guys like Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and 
Josh Jacobs, of course, and even the tight end, the rookie tight end had that breakout game last week. Michael Mayer, he's another guy that I think people could look to as a potential starter in a week with so many teams on by with all these injuries. So what's your outlook here for that Raiders offense in week seven? Yeah, it's funny. The Raiders had such a clearly defined um, fantasy usage uh, flow chart, I guess it was. um now it's getting a little more muddled because I guess like Jacoby Myers did not start the season in the circle of trust for me. And and <laughs> he's been trying to work his way in there. I mean, the guy we were always concerned about never scoring touchdowns has now scored four, including one in each of the last two weeks. But I, I do worry that Myers, after showing such great chemistry with Jimmy G, is not going to have it with either Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer. So um. You know, like we've seen Devante sort of disappoint. I, I guess I'd be, even though he hasn't been doing much the last couple of weeks, I'd, I'd be more disinclined to severely drop him in the rankings than I would with Myers. So right now I've got, and, and this is very much assuming that uh, Garoppolo does not play this week. I've got Devante wide receiver eight and Jacoby all the way down at wide receiver 37 which uh, I, I think I'm like nine spots below consensus on him. But maybe that's a lot of people, you know, cautiously assuming that Jimmy G will be okay. I yeah. just kind of don't think he will be. And it you mentioned Meyer, uh, Mayer, excuse me, the, the rookie tight end. Yeah, it's been exciting that after he was just sort of um, left for dead, like late in the preseason and early in the regular season, that he's actually been getting some run the last couple of weeks and has looked good. But this week with a backup quarterback, I don't, I don't think you can start him and feel good about it. Yeah. yeah and then there's other things that complicate it too, right? Like Devonta Adams with the shoulder injury, how much has that been impacting yeah. his play the last couple of weeks? Right. And that's kind of made him less productive though. Like you're kind of talking about, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, if you have to look to one guy to produce Adams has been able to kind of produce with anyone who's under center. So I do feel more confident in him. Like you said, um, they might have to lean on the run quite a bit more too with a, a rookie at quarterback, assuming they go with O'Connell. So yeah, it's, it's not a great situation for the Raiders by any means. We've been talking, it just seems like, you know, every week we bring up some of these rookies on today's show. It's been all rookies so far. Every single question that I've mentioned here, Pat, there's been at least one rookie in it. The last question we talked about too, right? O'Connell and Mayer. So let's keep that train of thought going. Uh, give me one rookie who maybe is underwhelming so far this season, but who you expect to actually have a breakout moving forward and into the second half of the year, maybe they can become that consistent fantasy starter. Jackson Smith and Jigba. And um, part of it is the usage. He has got a 4.1 yard average depth of target so far. And I think it's actually ticked up from like 2.6 or something like that. Um, earlier on, I mean, he was getting the early career Jarvis Landry type depth of target. So, um, yep. yeah, now it seems like in week six, they were throwing to more, uh, in the intermediate zones and, um, like there's, we've seen DK Metcalf already battling through what I think ribs injuries, um, like, what are the odds that both Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, not not that these guys are major durability concerns, but I mean, this is the NFL and guys get hurt all the time. Like if, if it was just an injury to one of those guys, I think that would immediately make JSN a guy you would be wanting to play. Like, I just believe in the talent so much. Yep. A guy who was able to give us a 1600 yard season at Ohio State while sharing a field with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Um, that speaks volume about volumes about the amount of talent this guy has. So 
uh, enthusiastic about him maybe getting a little more opportunity. Plus, he was covering, recovering from a wrist injury that um, surely kind of slowed him in the early weeks of the season. Yeah, and you talked about like the other guys getting injured there. DK Metcalf's been in and out of the lineup almost every week for the last few yep. games. He's got that hip injury oh, hip. and he leaves for a little bit. And you think, okay, he's questionable. Is he going to return? And then boom, he's back out there. We could see a week show up where all of a sudden he doesn't return from the locker room and get on the field. And at that point, yeah, then it just completely unlocks JSN for sure. I like that you said him too, because I had a friend reach out to me today, showed me who was available on his waiver wire, said, who should I stash? And JSN was my pick. So I'm glad that uh, you're, you're agreeing with me on that one. Almost done here, Pat. Just a rapid fire gauntlet that we're going to get through. Uh, quick answers only on these. You can give some context if you want. We're just not going to spend as much time on each question as we did with the others. So let's start with a player that you're trying to trade for this week. Who's someone that you're actively trying to acquire before week seven? I'll say Drake London, if I haven't already drafted him, which I have in a lot of leagues. Um, yeah, I'm just like, he's still being... Uh, downgraded by rankers he's wide receiver 27 in the ecr right now in a, a 16 bye week but since week two since that disappointing shutout in week one he has been the wide receiver 16 in fantasy points a game averaging 8.4 targets uh i believe 5.2 catches and 65.8 receiving yards a game like he's been really good and he's getting a lot of targets so i want to get drake london on my team if i don't have him there already all right, we had a few players in the news this week that I wanted to mention briefly. The first is Julio Jones signing with the Eagles. So my question is, will Julio end up starting in fantasy lineups at any point in 2023? I'll say no. He looked pretty dusty last time we saw him. I don't think even an injury to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith would unlock Julio for fantasy purposes. Yeah, he's had a hard time staying healthy the last couple of years when he has been out there. Uh, the next one is Leonard Fournette, who was rumored to be having a workout with the Bills, and then apparently it got canceled before it even began. What I want to know is the same question. Will Lenny end up starting in fantasy lineups at any point in 2023? Boy, I'll say no, and the clock is sort of ticking. Even if he comes in, it would take him a couple of weeks to get in shape. So I just, I hard to imagine him being like a, a dozen touch a game guy at any point before the end of the fantasy regular season. And another one, I teased his name earlier, Kyler Murray, back at practice today. His 21-day window is open for him to return from IR, which probably is going to happen soon here. I know that Jonathan Gannon said that we're going to see Josh Dobbs start this week, so it's not going to be Kyler this week, but sounds like Kyler is pretty close here. So will Kyler be a top 12 fantasy quarterback once he's officially activated and once he's back starting? Top 12. Yeah, I looked at my rest of season quarterback rankings before uh, in preparation for this question, Justin. It was Kirk Cousins, 11, Brock Purdy, 12, Matthew Stafford, 13. So can he slip past Brock Purdy? I think so with the running ability. Um, we know that's where the, the value comes from. And now he's got some pretty good pass catchers, too, with Michael Wilson starting to look good. Couple of decent tight ends, Hollywood Brown. So I'll say yes, low end QB1 once healthy. I worry that he might not be running as much coming off the injury, True. but yeah, the potential is certainly there for him. Uh, we got Kyler getting close to returning, and unfortunately, we got Ryan Tannehill heading in the other direction here. He suffered that ankle injury. Doesn't sound great. The Titans might be staring at a lost season here. They're on bye week right now. They could be sellers at the trade deadline. Plus, we don't know how long Tannehill's going to miss with this injury. We haven't actually gotten a recovery timeline for him. So I'm going to throw it out like this, Pat. Will Ryan Tannehill play another game for the Tennessee Titans? And I know that sounds sudden, you know, but if, considering all the factors here, 
it's certainly a possibility. So where do you land on whether Tannehill's time as the starter in Tennessee could actually be coming to an end here? I kind of think he will play again, Justin, just because um, I don't think anyone in the AFC South is going to run away and hide from the rest of the division. So I think the Titans are going to be mathematically in it until December. So I, I do think Tannehill will be back in the lineup at some point. All right. A couple more. Who's your favorite stash in redraft right now? Oh, Zach Charbonnet, for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it stinks that Kenneth Walker is also very good and is in his <laughs> way in Seattle. But um, the combination of talent, um, a good offense around him, and like if anything happened to Kenneth Walker, I think Zach Charbonnet is a top 10 running back the next week. Like if he is the guy. Um, sure. and, and we're already seeing it. Like when he gets his little, uh, you know, change of pace carries he's looking great so it's it's charbonnet and then the last one here we always ask it which player is being overlooked in fantasy heading into this week and you can interpret it however you want who are you shining the the light on before week seven all right i'm gonna say aj Dillon because he uh as as bad as he looked for the first four or five weeks of the season uh four weeks because then in week five against the raiders with aaron jones out he actually looked pretty good in that game i thought and we know the Packers are one of the most conservative teams about bringing players back from injury. So even though Aaron Jones, I think, is going to play this week, likely will not be getting more than about, I don't know, 13 or 14 touches. So we're going to see a lot of A.J. Dillon going against the Denver run defense, which is just getting, I think, opponent opposing running backs are averaging 5.9 yards per carry against the Broncos. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, even when Aaron Jones is totally healthy, A.J. Dillon gets carries. So I think he's going to get a good number of carries against a really bad defense. All right, there you have it. That is all for today's show. Make sure you're checking out Pat's content over at Fantasy Pros. Give him that follow if you haven't already, at Fitz underscore FF on Twitter or X. And dude, always great catching up. We talked for a bit before the show. I love that you're crushing it over at Fantasy Pros now. Just one of the nicest people I've encountered in the industry a damn good analyst too. And I'm sure you're busy, so I'm going to let you get out of here. But is there anything specific that you want to direct people towards that you're working on before we let you go? Oh, the feeling is very mutual, Justin. I always love catching up with you. Uh, you are one of the nicest guys in the business. So um, just people can go and check out all our stuff at fantasypros.com. They can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. And I just saw a notification here right before we sign off that Miko Hardman is returning to the Chiefs. They have made a deal for a late 2025 pick in order to get Miko Hardman back in that offense. I don't think that really moves the needle at all for fantasy, but I'll just mention it because I saw it pop up right before we leave here. Uh, definitely everybody should go check that out. Uh, good luck to our buddy Pat here the rest of the season. As for me, I'm going to be back on Thursday with the Mailbag Show, and then Friday we're going to do the Injury Updates episode. But until then, big thanks once more to Pat. Big thanks to all you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight.